Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, House Bill 728 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop House Bill 728. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. Good morning. Welcome into another week with me. I'm Michael Borky. Welcome into Mike in the Morning. It is great to be with you on a day where the Suez Canal was freed and then it's not. But anyway, so the ship that is stuck in the Suez Canal uh, apparently was partially freed last night. So everybody's like, oh, yeah, the ship is out. All good. All good. Not so much. They only partially floated it. And today the winds are strong, and so it has like repositioned itself, and it's still like in really bad shape. So <laughs> they're not out of the woods yet. But anyway, we got sports to talk about this morning. Always glad that you guys are with me. We've got uh, NCAA tournament. We've got baseball. There's a new proposal that's going to get accepted in the NFL because I don't know if you guys knew this. Billionaires like money, and so the NFL is going to go to 17 games because they realize that that would make them more money. So all that coming up first, I do want to quick remind you that uh, to subscribe to the YouTube channel, just search my name right there on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and ring the notification bell. Follow me on any social media platform. And if you're watching on stream, this does get uploaded in podcast form every day. So search Mike in the morning in iTunes, Michael Borky in Spotify, subscribe, leave a rating and a review. I would greatly appreciate that. So let's jump right in because there's a lot to get to in an only uh, a really Small amount of time to do it. Uh, The headlines of the day are about this boat in the Suez Canal that's cost $60 billion plus in uh, in commerce issues going on right now. Um, We were going to talk Friday on the radio show about like the worst screw up you ever had at work. Um, I had to spend a summer in a tire warehouse when I was in college as like a, here's the job you're going to work if you don't work harder in school thing and I hit with the forklift one of the racks and we had to spend all day taking all the tires off the rack to fix the rack to put all the tires back up on the rack it's like a three-story rack um didn't cost billions of dollars though it was mostly just like a day of work dedicated to that but uh tough scene out there baseball so we spent a lot of time yesterday on on the Sunday show on old Mrs. Sweep of Alabama, and uh, not to be repetitive, if you guys listened to that yesterday or you're listening on podcast, you, you've heard it again. Long story short, uh, regardless of who you're playing, sweeping in the SEC is extremely hard to do, although this weekend's not the best indicator. I mean, uh, you had a sweep in Knoxville. You had a sweep South Carolina over Florida. You had one in Starkville. You had one in Tuscaloosa. It, it's not easy to do. And so regardless of who the opponents are, Auburn's clearly not the best team in the SEC, nor is Alabama. But starting SEC play 6-0 and for Ole Miss, especially considering that they didn't get Hoagland's best outing on Friday mid-afternoon. Nikhazy was great, but they kept him limited because he was coming back from injury and didn't get 
certainly not bad, but didn't get the best start in the world from Diamond either. So Ole Miss, the the one pitcher that really had a good game, they capped him at five innings. So didn't get the best pitching performances and still swept a series. But the important thing that comes from this for that team is that they don't have to do anything special now. They have set themselves up so well for postseason position because of this 6-0 start in SEC play. Seriously, if they go 500, just 500 the rest of the way, and this is what we talked about yesterday, so again, I'll move on quickly just to avoid being uh, repetitive. 12-12 and down the stretch, and Ole Miss is a national seed, like a top-five national seed. So all of their goals are in front of them. They don't have to do anything crazy. They don't have to steal a sweep somewhere, take care of business at home, salvage one on the road. That's being over. It's an oversimplification, but you get my point. That's all they need to do. That is all they need to do to be a national seed, a, a top five national seed, is go 500 the rest of the way. That's how important this kind of start uh, is. It's now they've set up to not have to be remarkable down the stretch. So really good position for them. But we talked a lot about that yesterday. Uh, I want to look at Mississippi State right now this morning as I drop my pen. Um, they got humbled a little bit this weekend. Um, yesterday was kind of a, another gut punch. The team uh, was humbled some. And on top of Arkansas being very good, Arkansas is really good. Uh, Mississippi State did not play well this weekend. Made mistakes in the field. There was uh, earlier in the weekend a dropped, what should have been a third out, kind of fell in between three guys, uh, kept an inning alive that turned into a three-run home run. That kind of not sealed the game, but kind of sealed the game right there. So little mistakes. Uh, I mean, even Landon Sims was walking in runs. Uh, just not Mississippi State's weekend. And so when you have a bad weekend in the SEC against a team like that, you're going to get humbled some. I'm not panicking yet. I would encourage Mississippi State fans. I, I said it yesterday after uh, they'd only played two games, but um, I would encourage State fans to not panic either. This happens sometimes. It's the SEC. Arkansas now this morning is the number one team in the country. Um, they're really good. You did not play well, and they're really good. And sometimes in the SEC, you just get beat up because that's the kind of league that this is. I still think Mississippi State's a very good baseball team. I think they are capable of being a host and, and all that stuff. I think uh, the starting rotation looked worse than it is this weekend, obviously. I mean, you're not going to get a worse start than that on Friday for the rest of the season, if I had to guess. Um, they have to clean things up in the field. The bats are a concern. I mean, there's red flags there. I'm not telling you there's there's nothing to worry about. There are things to worry about. But it's not time to hit the panic button yet at all for Mississippi State. Not time at all to, to hit the panic button. Um, this is just a pivotal moment in the season. It's a good team. I think they still have all of their goals in front of them. I think they are capable of meeting those. Now they've the difference between Mississippi State and Ole Miss now is they have to go steal one somewhere. They have to go steal a sweep somewhere. They have to go win a road series that, that you wouldn't expect them to somewhere along the way to kind of get right. But I, I think they're a good team. I think they still have things in front of them. I think they got humbled a little bit this weekend. I think some flaws were hyper-exposed, and this is a real test upcoming for them. They're still in the top 10 in D1. I think they're number eight. They're still in the top five in Baseball America, so the national pundits aren't panicking, and and you shouldn't either. It's not 
the end of the world. It's just not good either. There are red flags everywhere, especially in the field this weekend and hitting the baseball. But I still think it's a team that's capable. But now you've got a really important weekend, a challenging weekend upcoming. When you looked at the schedule ahead of the season, you thought, well, there's a break. You know, you you start in Baton Rouge, which is never easy, and you did get a series win down there, although LSU is in trouble right now. Um, but you started in Baton Rouge. So but before the season, you're like, ooh, tough road trip to start. And then you got to host Arkansas, who's going to be really good. You get a break with Kentucky. I mean, that was the thinking going into this, is you get a break with Kentucky, who now is 5-1 and one and swept Auburn this weekend. So it's a challenge. I mean, it's a you're you're about to find out what kind of mental makeup your baseball team has because they got popped in the mouth this weekend. They got humbled some. They had some flaws that were exposed. And will they get themselves up off the mat, be ready to play and face a what is now unexpectedly a difficult challenge in Kentucky this weekend? And will they respond or will they not? That's what matters. I mean, you're going to have weekends like this. I mean, shoot, Ole Miss, who has started 6-0 and in the SEC, lost a weekend series to UCF. You're, you're going to lose weekends in baseball. You're going to have bad days at the plate. You're going to have a, a pitcher that you know is really good that just isn't sharp. Like I said, Land- I mean, Sims walked runs in, and that may never happen again. Um, it was just a really bad weekend. And the only way that this will truly matter is if a bad weekend – turns into another one and, and another one. They have to get themselves up off the mat and be prepared and, and respond against Kentucky this weekend. But if they do that, I think everything's okay. It's baseball. This happens sometimes. I said the same thing after Ole Miss lost to UCF. Th- this happens. It's baseball. The football mentality that some people attribute to their baseball teams is crazy to me. You can't survive that way. And you, you can't have that kind of expectation for your team. Arkansas is really freaking good. And they proved it this weekend. They humbled you some. Will you get up off the mat and fight? Or is this who you are? We're going to find out this weekend. We are going to find out this weekend um, for Mississippi State. Huge week coming up. <laughs> Most important weekend of the season for Mississippi State. Speaking of... Uh, a lot of things have changed in the league right now. So uh, looking at the standings in the East, Vanderbilt, um, apparently Vanderbilt Saturday guy, lighter. Um, nobody can, he can't get hit at all. Uh, he has thrown 16 innings in the SEC, total, like forever, and has not given up a hit yet in SEC play. Tennessee was really good this weekend. That, I mean, what a turnaround as a program. I mean, Tennessee was perpetually what we thought Kentucky was going to be this year, which is you get a break there. It's a break weekend, a series that you should win rather comfortably and move on. That was Tennessee like in perpetuity. And uh, just a great coaching job has been done there. They're 21-4 and four right now, 5-1 and one in the SEC. As I mentioned, Kentucky is 5-1 and one in the SEC. South Carolina recovered nicely and swept Florida this weekend. Now, and that underscores what I'm talking about. That's why I'm not panicking or anything like that with, with Mississippi State. And that's why I didn't panic with Ole Miss a few weeks ago in UCF. It, I'm rather consistent, as you'll learn. 
Um, Florida got swept by South Carolina this weekend. Swept. Now, who do you think is the better baseball team at the end of the day? It's Florida, right? Who do you think is going to have more success in the postseason? It's Florida. Who's got a better team? Talent-wise, raw talent, everything. It's Florida. Florida's a better baseball team who's going to go further, and yet they got swept by South Carolina this weekend. It happens. It absolutely happens. Georgia's down at 2-4. and four. Missouri um, salvaged a game against Kentucky last week, got swept this weekend by Vanderbilt. Ole Miss sits atop of the SEC West. They're 6-0. Arkansas 5-1. and one. And then a hodgepodge of bad at the bottom of the SEC West, honestly. I mean, Auburn is 0-6. They've been swept twice. Alabama's 1-5. That one win was a dominating win on a Friday night over Arkansas. LSU is 1-5, which... You know what's going to happen? I mean, we called this a few weeks ago, right? So LSU, with all the scandal in their football program, in their athletic department, in their basketball program, with all the scandal, the baseball coach is going to be the first person to lose their job on this campus. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It's going to, I mean, that's what's going to happen. Watch. Maneri is going to be fired before Will Wade. That's my prediction. You write it in sand, but that is my prediction right now. That Will Wade, the baseball coach, is going to lose his job before Will Wade. Watch. They're bad right now, though. They're in really bad shape. Texas A&M and Mississippi State both at 2-4, and and of course Ole Miss and Arkansas, like I said at the top. Ole Miss 6-0, Arkansas 5-1. So... Interesting stuff this weekend. I mean, Ole Miss is 6-0 for the first time since Archie Manning was shortstop there. Um, And they've got a fascinating weekend upcoming with Florida in Gainesville. They have, what is it? It's Florida and then Arkansas and then at Mississippi State, right? They're in Gainesville. They come home to host Arkansas, and then they go to Mississippi State. I mean, that is a gauntlet right there for Ole Miss. If they can somehow find a way to win four, if they win their home series, win one each on the road, then they're, again, they are in great shape after a uh, a stretch like that. So not panic time for Mississippi State yet. Like I said, not panic time yet. Huge weekend upcoming for that team, though. Very important weekend for that team coming up. In basketball, I'll be honest, guys, yesterday was not a good day in basketball. It was kind of boring. Um, Gonzaga looks like the best team in the country. I mean, they dominated Creighton. I I stopped watching that game five minutes into the second half because there was nothing at all exciting about it. And then next up, you thought Florida State-Michigan was going to be a game that that was going to give you fireworks. I mean, that was one game that everybody was pointing to That's going to be the game of the weekend. That is going to be quality basketball in Michigan. Just beat the brakes off of Florida State. And then the nightcap, Southern Cal looked really good, was flat out dominant uh, over Oregon, especially in the first half. It was more even in the second. But um, you had an insane posterizing dunk. That was the only thing really exciting that happened uh, in that game. USC was just in complete and total control, and the Pac-12 continues to shine in this tournament. And then the most exciting game of the day was an overtime game. And Alabama got beat by 10 in overtime by 10 in overtime 
against UCLA. So Alabama, like I told you guys uh, last week, I thought Alabama was a national championship contender, and I knew that that was going to mean they were going to lose their next game out. I I mean, you you could have gone ahead and taken that to the bank. You should have put all the money you had on UCLA plus whatever it was because me saying that I think Alabama's a national championship contender was clear evidence that they were not a national championship contender. Uh, A brutal way to lose last night for the Crimson Tide. They missed five front ends of a one-and-one. So missed five front ends of the one-and-one, and it took 25 free throws in the game and only made three in a row. What a stat. Took 25 free throws in the game, and they only their best streak of making them in a row was three. Alabama at the free throw line shot 44% from the free throw line. It is the worst performance from the free throw line in an NCAA tournament game in a couple decades. 11 of 25 from the line. Alabama quite literally shot themselves out of this game, shot themselves out of the tournament, and for everything good that happened to that program this year and how much fun they are to watch. I love their style. They've got great athletes. It, it, I liked watching Alabama basketball this year. Imagine getting to this point, the Sweet 16, because of your shooting. And then the reason you don't move on because you couldn't make free throws. Ooh, just brutal. Great season. And the program's on the up and up for sure. But man, that I mean, that's it. That that was the difference. It was they just could not make free throws last night at all. I mean, how frustrating is that? Forty four percent from the free throw line, eleven of twenty five. That's just brutal. Just absolutely brutal. The uh, the elite eight starts today, by the way. Um, and like I said yesterday on the Sunday show, like I've said for a week, look at what has happened. Um. I mentioned yesterday, and so again, forgive me for being repetitive, uh, doing a Sunday show and then doing this the next day. um, I need to kind of figure out a better plan to approach content because I do kind of repeat myself some. Um, I saw a couple columns that were like, this tournament showed you that the talent gap in college basketball is closing and there's no power conferences. Like I saw all that written over the weekend about this tournament that this tournament shows that college basketball is um, the, the talent gaps closing. There's no power leagues. There's no power teams anymore. Stuff like that. And yes, I know there were a ton of upsets, an unprecedented amount of upsets early in the tournament. You had great stories like Oral Roberts and Abilene Christian in North Texas and Ohio and Loyola Chicago. Like th- these stories are all great, and I love them, and I love parody. I beg and plead for college football to find a way to have real parity. There was no North Carolina deep in the tournament. Duke and Kentucky didn't make it at all. Kansas didn't have a presence. So it was a unique year. But I knew this was coming. I told you guys last week that this was coming. Look at the Elite Eight. Oregon State from a Power Five conference. Houston, the two seed. Baylor was ranked number one for most of the season, a number one seed. Arkansas, a three seed from the SEC. I mean, that that is what we're, we're looking at here. Gonzaga is 
I mean, they're the best team in the country. Losing at any point for them would be an upset at any point. Um, They're that good. And I hope they win just for the historical component. But then you look at the other half of the bracket for the Elite Eight. It's Michigan, number one seed from the Big Ten. UCLA, power conference. Gonzaga, been the best team in the country all year. Southern Cal from, from a power conference. And this thing can end up getting really chalky. If Michigan and, and Gonzaga win, you, you've got two one seeds there. If Baylor win, there's there's three one seeds, and then a two in Houston. If if this went to chalk, if all the favorites win, you're going to have three one seeds and a two seed in the Final Four. So how is this tournament the one that is a sign of college the talent gap having closed? In college basketball. I mean, I see it the exact opposite. I see this tournament having played out the exact same way that it always does. You have some upsets, some surprising upsets early in the tournament. And then by the time you get to Sweet 16, Elite Eight, the better teams kind of filter through. It's an annual tradition. And a lot of people are getting caught as prisoners in the moment here. Um, thinking that this is a sign of anything else. No, it's not. Um, It was a unique year. Duke was down. Kentucky was down. North Carolina was down. But go look at what Duke and Kentucky are bringing in. They'll be right back at the top because that's how this works. I I would love for there to be more parity. I wish this was a sign of a gap closing. It's not, though. This is how the tournament works every year. If things go to chalk, you'll have three one seeds and a two seed. Tell me more about this parody thing. Because that doesn't sound like parody to me. And last thing for you, being a, a little short today, last short on time anyway. Um, the NFL owners this week are um, going to vote on a 17-game schedule. So adding one more game to the schedule, and they would remove one or likely two preseason games from the schedule. That is a vote that's taking place, I think, Tuesday night, if I remember correctly. And most people expect that to be a yes, a unanimous, not a unanimous, but a a hard yes, that will get an expanded NFL season. 17 games, and uh, like I said, it'll take away some preseason, but it will not add an additional bye week. And as a football fan, I love that. I mean, give me as much football as I can get, you know? I mean, I was talking to a couple buddies last night. If they do approve the 17-game schedule, the Saints at the end of the schedule will add the Titans. And so we'll have an excuse to go see some friends in Nashville and go watch a football game. Like, as a as a football fan, I'm really excited about that. I can't wait for an additional game. I also can't help but think that the players, I mean, this is going to be hard on them. They should add an additional bye week. They should have done that. If you care about player safety at all, they should have added an additional bye week because playing 17 games with only one week off, that's tough on these guys' body. I mean, it's football is a physical game. It's a different world in the NFL. I mean, I read an article years ago uh, describing an NFL player's recovery just after a game, and some of the guys in the trenches, running backs, linebackers especially, they don't feel good until Wednesday or Thursday after games. 
they say the first like like Monday and Tuesday, they 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 hardly like they feel terrible. Uh, in some cases, one guy was describing that it hurt to walk, and it wasn't until late Wednesday or Thursday when he felt good enough that he could actually play the next day. That's how physically demanding this is. From a player safety perspective, they should have added an additional bye week. Uh, but as a fan, I can't wait. But this kind of stuff is story from ESPN. NFL standouts are sharing their displeasure on social media uh, over the expected expansion to a 17-game schedule. Saints running back Alvin Kamara was joined by a bunch of other guys. Darius Slay, you guys know Darius Slay. Cam Jordan, also from the Saints. NFL players all over are frustrated and expressing their displeasure is what it's being described as with the league expanding to 17 games. Um, if this was being done against your will, I get it. If um, you agree to something, don't complain about it. Th- this isn't the owner's fault. I don't know if you guys knew this. This is not the owner's fault. They're doing what the collective bargaining agreement allows them to do. The players and the players association allowed this to happen. In their negotiations, this was on the table. If Alvin Kamara and Cam Jordan and these guys that are mad about the 17-game schedule that don't want it to happen, look at your PA, look in the mirror, because it's your fault. And a lot of players voted against this, but they're barking up the wrong tree. I mean, I've seen people do the whole greedy owners thing and stuff like that. No, it's not their fault. You allowed them to do it. Don't get mad at somebody for doing something that you allowed them to do. The players allowed this to happen. So I don't want to hear it. You were at the negotiating table and you allowed this to happen. So you cannot then complain that it's happening. It's your fault. And if you voted against it and it still happened, then you should have done a better job convincing the other guys that it wasn't going to happen. But here's what the 17-game schedule is going to do for you. It's going to make you richer because the league is going to make more money. And when the league makes more money, you have a revenue share, so you have to make more money. But if this was being done against your will, if the players didn't have a say in this, I'd hear you. I, I, I'd support that. But I, I don't want to hear complaining about something that you allowed to happen. The players voted in favor. The players voted this in. So direct your anger towards the guys who voted yes on the collective bargaining agreement and not get on Twitter and complain about it because it's your fault. I'm also not looking forward to the people that are going to use the uh, the stats from a 17-game season uh, for reasons why they think a player in the modern era is better than a player that only had a 16-game season. Not looking forward to that at all. Um, we're going to lose context when it comes to those conversations because now – like Patrick Mahomes, he's going to have an extra regular season game forever, And although I think he's one of the greats anyway. But his stats are going to look different, even more different than they already are to some of the past all-time greats. Um, Trevor Lawrence uh, will only play 17 games in the NFL, and so let's say he throws for 5,000 yards in his first year, or call it 4,500. Well, he had an extra game to do that, and so it'll be no rookie has thrown for this amount in NFL history, and that's because no rookie played this many games. I'm not looking forward to that either. But I, I I don't have sympathy for somebody that's complaining about something that they allowed to happen. 
It's like getting mad that somebody broke into your car when your doors were unlocked. <laughs> I mean, that happened to me. I, I don't know if you guys have Next Door. It's a social media app for neighborhoods. And at my old house, there was a series of, of car break-ins. But all they were doing, this still isn't good, um, but all they were doing was pulling on door handles. And if the car was locked, they'd move on. But if the door would come open, they would steal the stuff inside. And so there was a round of that in the neighborhood, and everybody on next door was, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's happening in our town, and I feel unsafe, and all that stuff. Two weeks, and they hadn't caught the people yet. Two weeks go by, same people doing it again. Same neighborhood, same streets. This is my neighborhood. It wasn't a very big neighborhood, not like seven or eight total streets in the whole place. Um, same people, the same people got their car broken into because they don't lock their car. And you should have seen the complaining on I can't believe this happened to me again. Like, oh, I don't feel safe in Madison anymore. All this stuff. Well, you left your car unlocked after you got your car broken into because you left it unlocked. And now you're complaining that your car got broken into when you should have learned a lesson and you didn't. I like, of course, I don't reply in next door. My gosh, I, I don't want to bring that on me. But, but what are you complaining about? This is your fault. They ended up catching the people. Uh, it was a sadly, it was a mom and two teenage boys. But um, don't complain about something that's your fault. If your car's left unlocked and somebody takes the stuff that's inside, that's on you. If you don't want to play a 17-game season, but your players association agreed on a to allow the owners to expand to a 17-game season, it's on you. That's your fault. Don't complain on Twitter. Do something about it. Don't complain on next door. Lock your car next time. Uh, anyway. A lot of stuff coming up this week. You've got basketball tonight. Uh, I mean, the Elite Eight is tonight. You've got um, Oregon State and Houston starts at 6.15. Arkansas and Baylor is at 9 tonight. Good luck staying up for that. Uh, I'm going to try my best. And then, of course, tomorrow, US, USC, Gonzaga, UCLA, and uh, and Michigan. So uh, we're going to do uh, a lot of spring practice this week on the radio and right here as well. Uh, you got spring games coming up uh, here in just – couple weeks, few weeks. Uh, of course, a lot of baseball conversation coming and anything else that pops up in the sports world. So thank you for tuning in. Always glad that you guys are with me. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search my name. Hit that subscribe button. Subscribe to the podcast if you don't watch on YouTube. If that's your preferred method of delivery, uh, search Mike in the Morning and iTunes, Michael Borky on Spotify. Subscribe, leave a rating, and a review. And until tomorrow... Uh, You guys have a great week and a great day, and enjoy your basketball tonight. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.